Hey everyone, if you like this podcast, go behind the paywall to get privileged access to the smartest minds in finance. Visit realvision.com slash rvpod and use the promo code podcast10 to get 10% off our essential membership for the first year. Join the Real Vision community and learn how to become a better investor. And now to today's episode of Rao Pal Real Vision. I'm really excited to speak to Fakrenda. Great name, one of the greatest digital artists in the NFT world, and somebody who's a friend of mine as well. He's an incredible, he's got an incredible story. He's an amazing talent. And I want to find out what the hell he's up to. He's been a pioneer. So listening to things that he's doing will give us an idea where the space is going to go. And I think it's just going to be really interesting to see how he sees everything evolving. The world of crypto is an incredibly exciting journey that we're all going on together. We don't know where it's leading to, but we know it's going to be absolutely massive. Join me, Raoul Powell, as I guide you on our adventure to discover just what this new world will look like. Fred, fantastic to see you on Real Vision. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Now, I've been waiting for this for ages since we met in Paris. It's yeah. such a good time. I thought I'd definitely have to get you on. Yeah, thank you so much. So before we start, why the name Fuck Render? It's a brilliant name, but where did it come from? Uh, it's actually a funny story. I, when I started doing art and 3D about, let's say, eight, nine years ago, I'm not quite sure, I'm not very good with dates, but um, I was working on a very old MacBook Pro, uh, probably like a, a 2008, 2010 MacBook. Um, and it was so long to see the art because when you do 3D rendering, you have the viewport, which is what I see. And you have the rendering. The render the rendering is always super long, and just to see like my art would be, it would take like eight hours just to see what it looks like to realize it would look like garbage, you know. Uh, so I would have to do re- redo everything from from start to finish and everything. Uh, um, so yeah, and when I started this, like I, I just started to learn like like three D just for fun and just like basically to like learn something new and everything and. Uh, yeah, I, I started this Instagram to have like a place where I could share my progress and, and, and store my progress. And I needed to find a name. Um, so I called it Fuckrender, never expecting it to be something, you know, like I, that was just a way for me to like learn art and just like, yeah, for fun. Let's go back in time and, and give me a story. How the hell did you get into digital art? What were you doing? What was your journey? And then we'll talk about your journey into uh, into NFTs and everything else because it's mm-hmm. fascinating. Yeah, I think it's st- it, it all started at 17 years old. Uh, I'm from a small town called Magog. It's in the eastern township of Quebec, which is why I have this thick French accent. <laughs> uh, um, and yeah, like uh, I was like I knew this guy Dan who was working on like films and doing like 3D art and stuff like this. And I was like, oh, that's so crazy. Like I didn't know that that was a job. And I was very bad at school. I got I got placed in like uh, difficulty classes since high school, since my first year of high school. And I, I quit high school at 15 or 16 years old. Don't fully remember, but I don't have like I don't have a degree or anything and I like far to have a degree. I don't even have like my in French is secondaire trois. I don't have my secondaire trois, which is like 
you're you're not allowed in society when you don't have these. You know, it's like like basically you cannot read. I'm joking, but yeah, that was how people would see me when I when I quit school. But um, so yeah, so I I started to learn uh, 3D that way. I do I did it for a month and I hated it. I was like, okay, this is too complicated for me. I'm not smart enough for this. So I quit. A uh, few years after uh, I met my fiance, I'm still with her, uh, uh, Joe. That you that you actually met. Uh, we moved to Montreal, started to work in a restaurant, and many years later, I was doing a lot of cycling, and I had this bike accident, which left my left side completely numb for years, and still to this day, I still have some numbness in my in my arm. Um, but it was interesting because. When that happened, and I'm the type of person that needs to do something constantly, like every waking hours, I need to do something. Like I cannot just sit still. I, I have difficulty watching TV, just to just to put you in perspective. Um, so not being able to do bicycle anymore, I was like, oh, I need to do something. So I need to do something that use my brain and, and just my head. And I remembered when I was six, uh, 17 to like, I was doing 3D art and stuff like this. I was interested. So I picked it up and I was a little bit more mature and I, I started to really like it and really like deep dive into it, the, this new universe for me, and which is art by itself. So did you know you were creative at this point or was this suddenly the realization that your creative brain was better than your academic brain and it was your gift, in fact? Um I always knew I wanted to do something creative. I never knew what it was. Like when I was 16 years old, I would just like like make cardigan out of a sewing machine and like do tie dyes and stuff like this and sell it at my school. Like I always wanted to do something creative and, and stuff like this, but I never exactly knew what. Um, but yeah, I just like I spend too much time learning uh, this this thing now, and now it's 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 my life. And so. When you started producing kind of, because you've got a very particular style with this highly rendered, incre incredible digital imagery, what did you do with it first? Because that was before NFTs, before you had a way of monetizing it. So you're probably thinking, how the hell am I going to make any money? Yeah. I mean, when I started, like to me, it was just like to learn. And like after a moment, I was like, oh, like this, this action of me learning and doing art makes me feel good. And I was a very anxious person at that time. I lost my mom when I was 10 years old. Um, I, I lost my dad a few years ago and everything, but, uh, when I lost my mom, I started to have like these panic attack a few years later and, and, um, uh, and yeah, like the, the, the childhood trauma that I had a bunch of other stuff when I was young with my dad and stuff, but no, no need to go in details. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I pretty much used art to like feel better and it was really working. Um, so to me, like, I never really wanted to make money with this. I just wanted to like feel better and just like occupy my brain and do something, you know? Uh, but it's funny because after maybe four months, I started to have client work, which was crazy. And I had my first meeting and I was like, people want to hire me for this. Like, this is so crazy. And like, I remember I went to a meeting uh, in the agency in Montreal, they were like, oh, we want this for a music video. Can you do this? And I had no idea how to do it. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's very easy, actually. <laughs> and, like, I lied so much on this on this moment. And it, But I knew that, like, if I didn't take that opportunity, like, I would lose it, you know? Uh, and I 
I didn't know how to do it. I did it. I learned how to do it. And I started to have more job, more job, more international job. Uh, I think my second gig was like Toki Munster. She wanted like a music video and now been working a lot with her and uh, she's amazing and everything. Um, and yeah, just like got client work basically out of this from Instagram. And so how did NFTs come into the equation? When did you learn about this and, and start thinking yeah. this might be a medium for you to express yourself in? Yeah, I think it was probably like early 2020, if I'm not wrong. Um, and I was like, I was looking for something like this because for the longest time, like for five, six years, I did commercial work, like client work, studio work and stuff like this. Um, but the reality is I'm very bad at commercial work or client work. Uh, I consider myself more an artist. I, w I was not very good at doing like commercial work. I was actually very bad at doing commercial work. Uh, and when I started to do, when I started to see NFTs and all that stuff, um, it was like, oh, that's an opportunity for me for to do art and not not have to care about like like what a client says or like whatever like uh, thing they they need me to do or execute for them or anything. Um, so it was a it was like a like a I don't know how to say that in in, in English, but it was like a bright moment when I saw my friend selling like their art. I was like, oh, this is insane like i'm I, I always considered my myself as an artist but no one ever considered me as an artist but now we we have something to consider digital art art which was completely crazy to me like it, it was like mind-blowing so what was your first step so you see nfts you kind of get it and you think okay this is an avenue for me to explore yeah. what then how the hell did you learn what you had to do to get your digital art on the blockchain and then to think about how does anybody know about it how did that whole process go because i'm always fascinated because yeah. you're you know an early pioneer in the big you know movement of kind of fine art nfts digital art nfts so you're one of the people at the front who had to learn all this stuff yeah the rest of us can copy people like you it's easier i mean it was it was funny because like i was seeing like some of my friends um like Jason Abayer was the first one that I saw minting NFTs, amazing artists. Uh, and I was like, how do you do this? And I remember I went on Twitter and I was like, oh, this sucks so much. I think I, I missed the, the super rare train. Can you imagine how crazy it is that in 2020, I thought I missed the NFT train? <laughs> like, how crazy is this? I, I, I was like, oh, this is over for me. Like, everyone's already like on it and, and I won't be on it. So I tweeted that out and, and super got me and I, I sent my video application, which was very awkward because they, they wanted you to do like this introductionary video of you speaking and, and everything, which was, I always thought was weird still to this day, but so I did it. I went on super, I minted my first piece, which was rejuvenate, uh, which was a very important piece for me because in my like client career, I did like a couple burnout and they really left a big mark on me. Um, we can talk about this later, uh, but but they, they were very important for me. And and one of the few pieces that I created during the, this, this burnout was Rejuvenate, Self-Help and many others. But so I wanted to mint this first piece. I put it for sale. No one bids on it. 
And I was like, oh, okay, that's fine. Like, I, I, at least I tried. I went to bed and there was a bid war between Goltra and Yanis. And I was like, what the fuck is happening? Like, it was so crazy. I wake up with, and, and the, the auction stopped. At, I think it was 12 ETH. 12 wow. ETH, my first ever pieces. No way. Was, and nobody knew who you were, really. I mean, they knew. I, I already had like a big audience on on Instagram. To be fair, uh, okay. Uh, but they didn't really know who I was, and I had like a bit a, a big like client list as well. Like I worked with Dior, like Swarovski, Supreme, all these big brands. I worked with them before NFTs, you know. So that 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 probably and clearly helped me for sure uh, to get a good head start. But in the NFT space, no one knew who I was, which was very interesting, and so I was super excited. Right away, I minted another piece. I was like, this is too crazy. And, and that piece sold. I remember there was a bid of like six ETH or something. And uh, Bitcoin Profit, uh, now a close friend of mine, he put, I think he put like 20 ETH. It was like, and he sent me a DM. I was like, I'm cutting all this, this bullshit. I win this piece. And it was just so crazy. I think I sold it for 25 ETH. Uh, the second Why? piece, 25 ETH. And I was like... I was losing my, my mind. I was like, this is so crazy. Like, I can't believe this is actually real. I made more in like two days than I made in like a year. Like literally, I was I was like shaking. I, I was shaking and super anxious because like it didn't make any sense for me, no? <laughs> hey everyone, we're going to take a quick pause and hear a word from our partners. We'll be right back. So... Okay, well, that's quite a good validation that maybe you're a good artist and people <laughs> like the work that you do. So then what you start thinking, you're going to go full time into this and you're going to start creating art. Because again, people got to realize this is pretty early on. So there's not that many people yeah. thinking in the same way. You know, I don't think even people had gone to auction at that stage. So no, no. that was pre-people. Pre that's right. Yeah. So, okay, so you make the decision. You see what's going on. What do you do next? I went full on, like, I, I stopped taking client work and I was like, this is what I'm doing now. And your work has become incredibly successful and extremely collectible as well, okay. which is, I mean, it must be amazing to you to see this suddenly. Yeah, you know, the kid who couldn't get through school has now become one of the leading lights of the entire digital arts space. Um, it's just incredible. Oh, thank you. That's that's really nice. Uh, I mean, for me, like it's it's crazy because I think like um, like most people, we always focus on like not the negative stuff or anything, but like it's hard to like like the journey is never done, you know. So to me, I'm like, oh, this is like just the beginning. Uh, but I don't know if that makes sense. But yeah, I'm I'm extremely grateful. Like it's it's just yeah, it's just so crazy. So then you started iterating, you, you built a separate business or a studio that's attached and, and also things like kind of PFP projects and to expand the footprint of the people, because your work's actually quite inaccessible because it's expensive. Yeah. So you started creating other things for other people. Was yeah. that journey different? Did you find you had different collectors and it was harder to deal with yeah. these people? Oh, yeah. How was that? Yeah, and like, and it, it's crazy because like, so I created, um, I have three projects right now. I have Fuck Render, which is my art career, which is 
obviously something that I've been building for many, many years. Um, I have Lucidia, which is this immersive marketplace for artists. So what we do there is like we create immersive environments uh, for amazing artists to tell their stories in a, in a more digital way. Uh, this is the focus of Lucidio. And we, we have many things that we're doing there, but like this is the main focus. And we have 90s Kids, which is um, a skate project where I, I, I started skating at 10 years old to like help with my trauma when I lost my mom and everything. Um, and I always, me and Gay, my, my best friend uh, since that day, we always wanted to have our own skate brand. And it was the perfect opportunity to start it there. So uh, that's what we're doing there. Um, but the reality is like with, with NFT project is like the attention span is so short and people have high expectation because they see Bored Ape and they expect you to be Bored Ape, you know? Um, and it really like, it really affected me personally when I launched Lucidia because Lucidia is not something that can be built in, in one month or even one year. It's something that, that takes a lot of time. We have, we have about 40, 50 people that have been working on Lucidia for a year and a half now. Wow. Um, and we're not near where I want it to be, you know. Um, What's your vision? What's your vision with Lucidia? Yeah, so basically right now uh, what we're doing, we're currently building the marketplace. We just shut down the immersive experience because we're, we're, we are remodeling everything. We're, we have a bunch of, uh, we just got a new Unreal Engine senior devs uh, to join the team, which is amazing. Uh, but we... We're building this immersive marketplace because as digital artists, I don't think it makes sense to view digital art on a thumbnail, you know, on a web page. For us, I want to create like this immersive experience and tell the story of the artist because when you go on Super or anything, you see the art and that's it. We want to create a whole story for the artist and by the artist um, in, a, in the most immersive way and the best way to see digital art. That's really where we're focusing and like creating like this marketplace is just an add-on to, to this whole experience. And we're currently getting a space in Vancouver that is about 4,000 square feet. Um, th- we're going to turn this into a small cafe with the art gallery with a 360 Lucidia immersive experience where people will be able to see what's happening virtually but physically as well. Um, so that's pretty much what we're, we're doing at the moment. Uh, it's, it's, it's a lot of work. We're working with UCAN, Manifold, and amazing partners to make this a reality. Uh, but the reality is like, it takes time and everything started by myself um, as me alone. And now we have an amazing team of amazing people, which is insane. So where does that go? So once you've created these kind of immersive storytelling experiences around art, how do I get involved in that without going to Vancouver? Yeah. Uh, you know, how, how does that work? What's your vision yeah. there? So, okay, just to give like a, a little story of how it started. Um, in the Nifty Gateway days, I started this project for, for Crendiverse, which was an immersive way to, for people to see my art. That's it. And I picked up Unreal Engine, which is a game engine. I learned it about like one or three months and I created this immersive experience. And it was actually pretty innovative because it was the first like Web3 type of, uh, of uh, immersive experience. So started there, had a lot of success. We started with the crystals. Crist- fuck crystals were an amazing success. We released the fuck avatars right before the crash, unfortunately. 
so everything went a little bit uh, down and we we had a lot a lot of uh haters because cr- when every crash it brings uh negative you know uh but that's i think it's amazing because we we are able to keep keep building it uh but it's all started there um and now what we're building um uh, is a pixel streaming services where people will just be able to go on the web page and immerse themselves on screen uh, into this virtual world created by us for uh, artists. Example, like Victor Mascara will have like his own uh, virtual space there um, telling his story uh, because his story is amazing, a close friend of mine. Uh, but we're, we, our goal is really to shine lights on amazing artists, not necessarily like the most famous artists, but also like, artists that we think have uh, an amazing story, basically, yeah. And so it really is sort of part of your imagination of what the metaverse is going to be. It's a fully immersive experience to get away from this 2D display that we talked about, or the thumbnail, into something that is deeper storytelling, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I think storytelling is important because I, I think I have my own story, but imagine these millions of artists, their own story. And how can we like facilitate collectors to understand the, that, the story of an artist, you know? With our Real Vision Collective project, we've been working with an artist called Yinkore based out of Nigeria. And her stories are unique because it's Nigeria. Yeah. Yeah, Suddenly yeah. she starts selling art at two ETH or whatever. And she's like, I've just earned two months worth of wages. And she's a lawyer in Nigeria. And I know. And she's like, I'm now selling art on a global playing field. And before I'd have to sell it in an art shop in or a gallery in Nigeria and they'd never take me seriously. And now suddenly the world's open up. Yeah. The stories that are going to come from this space, as is your story, they're amazing because it's enabled people, which is why we all love Web3 because mm-hmm. it's kind of leveled the playing field. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. And like it, it personally changed my life. And like I... Really, oh, if I can change one person's life in, in, in this mission, like I, I won. That's literally how I feel about all that, yeah. So talk to me about 90s kids because you just launched that just after I saw yeah. you in Paris. Yeah. I know you and Ian Rogers are both skaters. Yeah. And I can see the, the branding and it's kind of, it's really unique and very cool. Yeah. What are you doing with that? Because I'm sure you're, you're, you've got a few plans there as well. This project is so exciting to me because like, I've been skateboarding my whole life. I cannot skate as much as I wish I could because I'm busy working and I'm getting older. So every time I fall, it's like hurting more. But skateboarding has always been like in my roots and, and my partner Gabe's route. Um, and we want to create like this Web3 media entertainment business, basically. So what we're doing right now is like we're hosting like online contests. And these contests is we want to redistribute some money to like skaters because for a skater to make money is is barely impossible like you need to win contests and everything and it's a very challenging it's a very challenging career to be honest uh and we want to help like good skaters to like be able to travel or like go to barcelona and like like have some footage uh so we're hosting like these contests uh every month with cash price and nft price as well um, so this is one part of, of the old thing. We're launching the 90s magazine, which is going to be very interesting, featuring amazing skateboard photographers. And a lot of like skateboarders are artists. So how can we 
how can we like work with these amazing artists that share the same passion as us into like this sick like web three magazine of skateboarding you know like a it's like the web three trasher basically Uh, so we're doing this every month. We have a, a burn mechanic almost every month. We have a burn mechanic introducing new new characters, just like just to use like blockchain, like smart contract in 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 a different ways and like give like different uh, uh, roles and and uh, not priorities. Priority is not the right word, but uh, options for for collectors. Um, so yeah, we have this. Uh, we're, we're we're launching the the clothing company, which is '90s as well. And we already have. I mean, this is kind of secret yet, but uh, we might have one of the biggest store in uh, Quebec uh, and pretty much Canada as well to sell or or brand, which is amazing. Uh, so yeah, that's pretty much it. Like, it's a very simple like project, but it's something that we really like take seriously and it's something that we really want to build to be something that will help skaters and, and artists that are skaters as well well because it's it's kind of the i, I think of it as the tokenization of the culture of skating mm -hmm. so it's for the skaters by the skaters around yeah. their culture yeah. so it's not about collecting nfts per se as being part of this yeah. because as you said skaters it's a hard thing if you want to try and compete or you don't have any money to do all of this stuff and you There's only a few of you at the skate park or on the streets, yeah. and you want to meet other people. Yeah. It's a way of connecting them and then giving them a focal point. And yeah, I think the exactly. idea of the fashion brand is genius because skatewear for a long time has has been at the forefront of fashion. Yeah, exactly. and the, even the '90s idea relates to people who grew up. It's a, like a very yeah, yeah, specific yeah. thing. It's yeah. very clever. Yeah, oh, thank you. I appreciate it, and it's it's something that we like. We like building, and it's it's been so fun. Like just seeing like on Discord, like seeing like kids being able to talk to like actually good skaters. We have so many like good skateboarders on our Discord, like just sharing clips and just like hanging out and talking with other people and having like even like there's so many people that like don't skate, but everyone picked up a skateboard when they were kids. Everyone watched skate videos when they were kids, almost everyone. So it's so, especially in the 90s culture, it's so like part of everyone, you know? So that's why we were like... It's also, what I love about skating, it, it's skateboarding, it, it's, it's egalitarian. It's for everybody. Yeah. You just need four wheels and a piece of wood, yeah. essentially. Yeah. It's the same as football, you know, English football, soccer. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Anybody anywhere can do it. Yeah. And the barrier to entry is low. So it gives kids something to do. Yeah. And really gives kids who live in inner cities something to do that's not involved in crime or other stuff. It's, it gives them a sense of purpose. Oh, yeah. No, that, that's for sure. Like, honestly, skateboarding got me out of trouble my, in my, during my childhood. Like, that's for sure. Like, I, yeah, I was literally spending eight, 10 hours at the skate park like every every day of the summer like literally if if, if not more uh, look it's amazing what you're doing what's the next steps for you you still continuing to produce art under fuck render yeah and then building out lucidia yeah. and building out 90s kids if that's not enough i mean i'm doing about three or four businesses it's exhausting 
but that- yeah, it's, it's it's been pretty challenging and honestly like i think the most challenging part was like the whole market crash and like a lot of pressure not pressure on me to like deliver even more even more even more and like it was like it was really burning um i think like a lot of people like i think as a when you start a project and everything you have a lot of like pressure of like you need to succeed like yuga lab did or stuff like this where it's not sustainable to think that every project can have this this level of uh success and i'm sorry but people don't have the right to demand that you manage the price yeah exactly like it's, it's not your job your job is to create great art projects yeah. that people want to be part of and the price goes up or down yeah exactly and, and you know i was speaking to uh, i'm sure you know sergio silver as well i mean he's he's launched his project sees the memes and oh, he yeah. suddenly realized yeah, yeah, yeah. how hard it is because there's a lot of people who just care about price it's crazy it's like it can't yeah. be about price i think i think that's the main thing is like there's so much i can do and like there the, the reality is like there's project that has no vision or anything that will pump even harder than my own project but i don't think it's fair for i think i think like like platform like open seas and everything it's fine but i don't think like like you won't buy butter at the garage you know like it doesn't make sense for like i don't like to see my art on open sea per se i think it i prefer to see it on a marketplace that is dedicated for artists i think the open sea interface is more like it looks like a ebay or like a like a kijiji or something like this it's it's more like like you buy and sell when when it's hard it's more like you buy and you appreciate it and you sell it if you want but you should always buy art because you like the art and so many times i was like oh i bought this and price went down and i was like why why did you buy it if you didn't like the art at first like like but yeah but yeah to come back to your question <laughs> i think the lucidia and 90s kids is doing pretty well we're we're having amazing team on both sides and they're they're gonna we're keeping like building this whole ecosystem which is amazing not stressed for this and as for fuck render uh which is my art carrier i'm releasing something called a fuck token which is not uh which is erc721 so it's not it's not really a token um but it's only going to be available by burning which is interesting uh and gonna it's going to help me because in the last few years I was um I experimented a lot so I released a, a bunch of collection and I I had a hard time saying no to collaboration as well uh which I should have said no many times but it's very hard when you have like these all these amazing friends that wants you to participate in their project and everything but so what I'm doing is like my goal is to tone down the overall supply of every collection I've ever touched pretty much uh and bring back the focus to a core group of collectors people that actually love my art and people that actually love what i'm doing as an artist um so this fuck token is going to be a s- amazing artwork capped to uh, x amount of of supply uh probably going to be quite low um only available by burning which is interesting uh, and everything that i'm going to do in the future you'll need this uh token to participate so it's more like a it's more like a participation token for everything I'll do in the future. And I've been doing more and more physical 
uh, jewelries and 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 physical art pieces, and all of these will be available by owning that token. Hey everyone, we're going to take another quick break and hear a word from our partners. I think the 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 stuff you're doing in the physical world is really interesting because a lot of people start with the physical world, yeah, and then try and go into this highly rendered, beautiful three D world. You started the other way around. It's like, no, I started digital and then I can produce it into physical. I just love that fluidity between two different worlds as yeah. if they're the same thing. I love doing physical art. It's it's a new medium. And, and honestly, like, I feel like um, like a, a lot of like pressure for, from like floor prices and stuff like this really killed my creativity in, over the last two years. Uh, even though like I, I, I talk about that on, on Twitter, but even though if I had like the most success in the last two years, I probably felt the most depressed, like literally. Um, of course. And it, but it, it doesn't mean I wasn't grateful for everything that happened. Like I'm, it just like I just felt like some some pressure and, and stuff like this. You need you need control back. You know, yeah. even if you yeah, just exactly. said I will produce one piece every three months. Fuck you. That's all I'm doing. Yeah, exactly. You then own it again. Yeah. Because I think what you've done is you sold yourself a little too much. Oh, yeah. And then you and you got caught away in it. Fine. That's okay. We all make mistakes. Oh, yeah, but coming back, I love this idea of this burning. So basically, yeah, yeah. it's a membership of collectors. And yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think that I think that's the main goal in life is like, you learn as you go. Like, like, I don't I I'm far from being perfect. And I've learned so much in the last two years. And even though if like I was depressed, these were like the most amazing years of my life, literally, like it, I grew so much out of this and it's amazing because now, now I have full control of what I'm doing. And I, I think this, this token will be amazing because it's bring back like the attention of what I'm actually doing. And we'll, I'll be able to focus on more limited work, less frequent and more, more passion again, if that makes sense. Yeah. And you might even be able to occasionally do commission work for one of your good collectors Yeah, where you know, you do something interesting, you explore new avenues. I think, I think you will love doing it. question I wanted to ask you, because it was a conversation that was going on about a month ago, is what do you think of the Blur situation? I find this bizarre. I don't think this is good for the space. Mm, I'll, okay, I'll be honest with you. Like, I didn't dive too much, but from my perspective, I think it's treating most of the project like shit coins and i don't really like it because there's a lot of like amazing projects that are getting in that mix like renga or cyber brokers where amazing artists are behind it and it's literally like like using artists as shit coins and it that really breaks my heart and i think like OpenSea is not doing a favor trying to copy blur uh, i think OpenSea should just be their own thing and 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 yeah yeah, and also, I just think, I, I just have a very strong opinion about artist royalties, that how dare you not pay somebody for their work? Yeah. And one of the big unlocks of Web3 is that an artist in perpetuity can get rewards for art That's that they gifted to the world. In. Yeah, I mean, I kind of think, how fucking dare they say, well, we're just going to arbitrage the price away because we want the business. That's Web2 all over again. Yeah, but what we what can we do? And like, if we if artists start to block marketplace now, artists are not Web three enough, you know. So it's like it's a it's a cycle. 
but yeah, it, it's really difficult to solve. I do think, and I, I can see there's a bunch of people trying to do stuff, whether it's G Money or whoever. There will be a better platform again, I think. Lucidia, Lucidia. Well, there you go. You know, that's yeah. It needs it. People deserve yeah. it, um, and they don't deserve what's just happened. And what's worse about the blur thing, it's just all about incentivization to get airdropped a token. Oh, crazy! So they, right? That's such false incentives, but. You know, but this is the point is we are in this very fast moving space. Oh, yeah. And everyone's experimenting. Everybody's failing. Everybody's learning. Yeah. Nobody knows where it's going. And that's kind of the fun of it as well. Yeah. 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 I remember like when I started like this, the fuck avatar collection, I was super hesitant to make it. I think that we capped it at 14,000. And the narrative back in these days were like, The next few months, there's going to be millions and millions of people coming. 15,000 won't be a lot of NFTs. So I was like, oh, that makes sense. But now, like with the market crash, I was like, yeah, that didn't make any sense, you know? But it's crazy because you don't know what's ahead of us. So you need to be very thoughtful and careful. And that's something I had to learn the hard way. But I think it was amazing. I think the best answer is always be authentic. So look, I don't know. Yeah. But I think we're going to try this. Let's yeah. see how it goes. People then can't misinterpret what you do because you've been at the forefront of experimentation and you should be allowed to experiment because if not then what's the whole point yeah i mean i'm an artist that's what that's literally what i do like that's why i love nfts and all that stuff because like for me like smart contract is a totally new blank canvas for me like working with smart people like manifold and having manifold on my side is is amazing for me because i can like actually experiment and use a blockchain and smart contract to like create these cool mechanics uh so that's why i like experimenting so much because it's it's literally a new canvas it's it's a new canvas for artists and i'm kind of getting the impression that once video comes onto blockchain in a more usable manner that's going to be a medium you're going to definitely move into yeah because video feels like it's a it's a medium that's yet to be fully explored by blockchain because the file sizes are big but yeah It's coming, and that's another going to be a very interesting thing. Yeah. Is, you know, how much of these whole experiences, these entire immersive experiences, can be tokenized themselves? Yeah. Imagine having an actual Unreal Engine project that can be explored and, and, and changed. You can change a metadata in real time. That would be, yeah, it's coming. Fantastic. So, what are you most excited about this year? One is obviously cleaning up the community, getting all of the right people in it, so you, you get to be the artist that you are. Yeah, exactly. I think I think what I'm most excited is like very like make a a line between what Lucidia, 90s Kids, and Fuck Render is, uh, because these are three amazing different projects. But a lot of people think they're the same, uh, and this is totally my my fault because communication was is not my my main skill. So I'm grateful to have a team now that helps me with this. Um, But yeah, I think like being able to tone down my ecosystem and very like curate my art more and like very uh, put more thoughtful effort in, in quantities and, and sustainability over a long period of time. This is really what I'm interested in. And the attachment of NFTs and physical art piece is something that uh, I'm very excited. I have, a, I have about like five 
physical artwork that are coming to life in the next few months. Uh, one that is 10 feet tall and some that are seven inch tall, which is, it's, 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 yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. So listen, my friends, you keep experimenting. Don't let anybody stop you. You've been a pioneer, stay a pioneer. and We're all grateful for you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Yeah, no. And thank you for coming on Real Vision. I really appreciate it. And I look forward to, well, um, catching up with you somewhere in the world again soon. We promised we'd do that. We just need to find a place. That was the one thing, just to leave on a thought, is there was something magical in Paris. And it was magical because there's artists, finance people, music people, fashion people, um, technologists, everybody all together with one degree of separation from each other. Yeah. It's like that doesn't happen often. That's a movement. Yeah. And it's and I know it's overused, but it's still early because one degree of separation, that won't last long. The fact no, that yeah, no. you and I can reach out to anybody in the world we want to speak to in the space immediately, in five years' time, it'll be impossible. I, I don't think, yeah, I don't think it's going to be possible either. I think, I, I was talking about that to a couple of friends of mine. It's crazy how this space is so small and we need to enjoy every moment we have with our friends because in a few years, there's a lot of people that won't, that won't be as reachable that they are right now. So you need to be very grateful for what we have right now because it's very small and it's amazing because in a few years, it's there's going to be more chaos. There's going to be more fights. There's going to be more rivalries. There's going to be more groups. It's Yeah, it's going to be bigger for sure. Yeah, and right now, most people at the center just want to help each other. Yeah, And if we can just keep that ethos alive for as long as possible, we'll have the time of our lives. And the moment we lose that, which will happen. Yeah. It'll all change. Yeah. I think so too. All right, my friend. Great to see you. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Definitely. Fabulous conversation with Fred. I, you know, for me, it's really important that's part of Browser Bench and Crypto and part of Real Vision. We pay homage to the artists because the artists have driven this. They've made it important for all of us. They've engaged millions of people in blockchain. And to be honest, artists are the people who really lead movements, whether it's music artists or artists, physical artists themselves. And I just think it's very important for us to understand their story too, because without them, we wouldn't have any of this space. So I'm also really interested that he is seeing this nexus of, I used, overuse the word nexus, but I'm going to use it again. This nexus between physical and digital. Those two worlds are merging. So that's one learning. The other learning is the metaverse. How it becomes the future digital representation of everything. How I think you can build brands from the ground up based around culture which is what he's doing with 90s kids. It's something I'm passionate about as well. I think that's super interesting. And then how he's thinking about the space itself from having PFPs to the crystals to his really high-end art, and then how to get the right group of investors around to stop entirely financializing the space and to give the artists their control back. I think that's probably another mega trend that we can see in the future. So 
There's a lot of megatrends here. You just need to listen out carefully. What's up, revolutionaries? Thanks for tuning in to the Real Vision Daily Briefing. For more content like this, head over to realvision.com and get unfiltered access to the very best, brightest, and biggest names in finance. 